Praise the Lord, this is Brad Julius Adeoro. I've been recording the teachings or the discussions about questions and answers. And I'm actually going through the questions and answers that we have replied to the to the writers, believers that wrote these questions in the 1990s. But I believe it's pertinent to to now because I'm now doing this recording for video on demand under Ask Brad Julius. This is a series that we put out there for questions and answers. If you have questions, send your email also to julius at gdeva.org or you can say julius at gospeldistribution.org. Gospeldistribution.org. No space. Gospeldistribution.org. You send this email to julius at gospeldistribution.org. It will reach me. Or you send it to julius at gdeva.org. If you come to us also, so this, these are questions for this one. I'm I'm going to read and then read the response. I always read the question. I don't give the. I read the first name and the country. If there's a country that is, in those days there was only emails. We don't have the country involved. But now you can recognize some them. They put the country where they are calling, where they are writing the email from. I will write, read the question and then the answer that I gave by email. And then if I need to explain further, I will explain further after the reading of the question and answer. Here's a question that came in September 20, 19, September 1995 from SOS, S-O-S is the name, or Susan. That's just a short form for, for me, may say SOS or Susan is her, is her name. He said, I have read the, he's talking about, the question is about faith. I have read your latest writings on faith with a damn the consequence attitude. I agree with what you say, but I have one question. If God has made promises to one person, which is dependent on choices of other people, is it not then possible that the promises of God could not be fulfilled if the other people make wrong choices? That was the question. Almost like saying, you may have faith, but if your faith, what you are claiming depends on the other person's choice your problem you may have more problems also that's his question if it is true that god will never override man's free will and is some promises of god subject to man's obedience that's another question in my experience still continuing the question in my experience god has made certain promises to me but the fulfillment of these promises are subject to choices that other people have to make now, if the other people knowingly choose differently, I do not know whether walking by faith will produce results, since the other people are also serving God. I hope you understand what I mean. So that was the question from Susan in 1995. And the answer, the answer I gave is what I'm going to read to you, and it's, it's uh, explaining further, which is really actually a I agree with what she said, and here it is. Susan, I understand your question, and I would like to answer as follows. Yes, there are times when one's faith can override some other people's choices, and then also there are times when it will not be easy or almost impossible. Remember that I said there are times when your faith may override some other people's choices, and there are times when it will be almost not possible. I say choices, you see. You have to remember that. For example, 
the word of God supersedes all. It was written that if a married woman made a vow to God without her husband's knowledge, when the husband learns about the vow, he can nullify the vow. That was in the book of uh, the laws of, of Moses. You may ask, how is that related to faith? It's a principle of higher responsibility. That's what I said. So how is that related to faith? It's a principle of higher responsibility. A minister gave a testimony in his radio sermon. One time he was praying for his church member to recover from a coma. When the man revived, he said he was in heaven and he was happy and enjoying himself when Jesus came suddenly to him and said he must go back to earth. And he said, no, I don't want to go back. I like it here. But Jesus said, you must go back and open a curtain for the man to see and hear the minister praying and saying, Lord, I refuse to let this man die. And so forth. That is, though the man preferred to stay up there, it was overruled by the faith of the minister. In such cases, the stronger faith in line with the word of God, we win, not so. Because the brother who doesn't want this man to die is in line with the word of God. God does not, it's not God that's killing mankind. Remember that, it's not God that's killing us. So his faith that says, I don't want this fellow to die, is in line with the word of God. God is not the one killing people. People say, Let's see whether the Lord wills this man to live. No, God wills everybody to live. That's his plan. It is Satan that brought death. So the will of God is already written down in the scriptures. You have to remember that. So when we can exercise faith strong enough with our reasons, he said, plead your case before me. God will answer. So sometimes if we couldn't plead the case, but I remember that testimony, the brother that was saying, I don't want this brother to live, pleaded the case of the man that died. Why he didn't want him to die. He was, a, he was loyal to the church. He was, a, he was somebody that he depended upon. He was a, a minister, a, a servant of, uh, what do you call it? An other, a, a, a faithful brother, a faithful minister, and so on and so forth. And the brother said, I needed him. And if Jesus Christ, you need him, I need him. Because you are the, I'm just an other shepherd. You are the shepherd. And I need him for this church. And so, so that was pleading your case. And that was how the, the minister's faith was able to win out. I went for that. Another example, Elijah prayed that there should be no rain in Israel until he said so. Somebody somewhere later might be praying for rain also. But Elijah had the bigger responsibility to bring Israel back to God. In my own example, I prayed against a politician who was running for the presidency of a country many years ago. While some believers around me vocally supported the politician and perhaps were praying for him to win. However, I had a reason for standing against him. It was spiritual reason. The man lost, though a favorite of the people, you see. You see, God answered and agreed with me and didn't agree with the other brothers that are praying for the man to win. See? Who has the greater responsibility? You have to plead your case. And if you're, you are in line with the word of God, you also will be overruling the other people that are also asking God to do the same thing. So I have a reason for standing against this politician. It was a spiritual reason. And the man lost, though it's a favorite of the people. Now, the other times when I believe it is hard, not impossible, because all things are possible to him that believe it, it's just hard, is, for example, choosing a spouse 
The man may be claiming a lady by faith after the lady had rejected his proposal. Even though faith can still cause a change of heart in time, it will not be quick and easy until the reason for rejection is erased from the other party. So then, we can say even if the other party's choice is negative to one's faith, if faith hangs upon the word of God in answer to the voice of faith, the Lord may lead one to take some steps, some physical steps that will change the other party's choice to still be the action of faith. So what we are giving, example I was given there is that a man can be claiming he believes God has said this woman is going to be his spouse and he's claiming it and exercising faith. And maybe if he approached the woman, the woman said, no, she didn't want this man. Okay, it's possible. We have had cases like that where it was the woman or the man, the vice versa. But if the fellow that insisted that this is what God revealed and exercised faith, God can take make the man or the, take some steps to change the reason for the rejection. Because why would a man approach a woman and say, the Lord wanted me to marry you? Or he just wanted this man to... Because many times, if you approach a woman and you didn't see the Lord told you, the woman is like... Uh, people are looking at facial attraction. Uh, you see, in business, you have a lot of money. All these physical things is what people are considering when they are trying to say, yes, I like this man, or no, I want, I don't like this man. Not so. Uh, then, 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 or by some brethren try to add, God told me to it. To make it look like this is spiritually devised by God in from heaven. And you could be right, you could have given, you could have received a revelation, a vision, a prophecy, a dream that this is your spouse. But the woman has a choice about that also. She may not like your face, she may not like your career, she may not like uh, your family and all those type of things. Or she didn't like your stature. She wanted this kind of person. Everybody have their own choices also. And she could say no. But if you are so strongly believing that this is the one for you, and you kept believing, kept praying, can your prayer change the heart of this person? Very likely. Faith can do all this. All things are put to him that believe it. If this is truly revealed to you by God, then God will have to work something out in the other party to change the other. That's why I say God can lead the person to, to take some physical steps. That's all this make the woman change her opinion and begin to accept or something like that. So that is possible. So that's why I said, yes, faith can work miracles. Yes, faith can work signs and wonders. But sometimes if you are claiming something, the other party that is that's going to be part of it, you may have to bring the fellow all around. Someone like somebody that is that's already married and they are trying to go somewhere. The man wants to move this way to another country or that state. And the spouse doesn't want to move to that country. That's like a, they, they, they are not agreed. So you may have to have to pray through and say, Lord, this is where I want to go. Help my wife to see it clearly. Also, or help my husband to see that it's not uh, the right move. So those are all things that happen in the world. And God can answer prayers. If you stand firm and continue to claim your victory, God can answer prayers and make things happen the way it will be beneficial to both of you. God bless you. Now, praise the Lord, this is Brother Julius Adiwumi. I'm going through questions and answers, given the answers that we have already posted to believers that either read my literatures or they listen to my video sermons and they sent 
out email, they sent email to me and we respond to them by email. But we notice that these questions and the answers given can benefit those believers that are listening in this video on demand. Also, I'm going through it and I will read the question. I may read the name of the person without telling the address or where they talk from, but it's an email, like I said. So I have the earlier ones that were received in the 1990s. But I believe they are still pertinent to because they are questions about the Bible. They are pertinent to today. And I'm going to read the question and then the answer that I've been giving and for your benefit. There is one question that came by email in October 1995. You can say we have been doing this for a long time. Also, this is from a brother Frank. And since it's an email, I can't locate where this brother Frank was writing the email from. So first of all, I would like to say I'm very impressed by the Gospel Distribution Ministry homepage. Where in that in the 1990s we only have gospeldistribution.org homepage. But now we also have Gospel Distribution Evangelical Association homepage. That that is like a front page, and you can click the library of that to take you to gospeldistribution.org homepage, where we have all our resources. Resources mean books, tapes. Messages you can listen to over the years since the 1990s, and this is where these questions are. If you go to my website under this, under the Gospel Decision Evangelical Association GDEVA.org, and on the right pane, you will see questions and answers from radio listeners. And if you click on that, it will give you some links to earlier sermons, earlier question and answers in the 1990s, and then new ones from the 2020s. And this is this one that I am picking out to discuss here it has to do about questions about heaven that's why i think it's still pertinent and actually every question here is pertinent to for any believer to read through it and read the answer that you give and then you can ask your own question if you want to further explanation by sending email and our email is on that uh, website also gdeva.org just write julius at gdeva.org and you get to us there's the question. So I'm trying to determine when a soul goes to heaven. That is the question from this brother Frank. He said, I was raised Roman Catholic and I've recently converted to Presbyterian in USA. I was always taught that when we die, our soul will ascend to heaven. After reading God's word, the Bible, I'm not so sure. So that was his own comment. He was not so sure. Most of the information I have been able to find about the experience of heaven is in the revelation to John. From this point of view, it appears that until the rapture, no one enters the kingdom of heaven. Jesus being the exception, of course. Now I know that the revelation has many meaning, and depending upon interpretation, a different answer for everyone. I was just wondering what your view on the question is and the reason for this belief any further readings that you may be able to recommend will also be appreciated thanks in advance this is from brother frank we're talking of 1995 this men right now would have been older because i'm recording this in 2023 1995 is about uh, what that's 28 years ago 
So we praise God for the questions. I'm going to read the response by email that I sent to him and may explain, explain further because these are very useful till the end because this is about heaven and heaven is still above and we are still here looking up on the, our redemption right now. Frank, thanks for your email about your question. There is a spiritual place called paradise or Abraham's bosom. We are the dead righteous. Righteous souls are resting. Remember that? Abraham's bosom is what the parable of Analysis guys call it. People thought that was a parable. That was not a parable. That was an experience. Logically reported when he said the rich man and Lazarus is Lazarus was in the bosom of Abraham. Call it bosom of Abraham. And the rich man we look across from here, from where he was tormented, we look across the space and saw Abraham and saw Lazarus and his bosom. So that was the story that we are referring to here, and it is in the book of Luke, I believe. And he said, you know, because he said, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, so by the Lord Jesus pointed that out that there is an Abraham's bosom. It also revealed that the wicked souls are in a location which we call hell, being tormented. But quite different from the lake of fire. Remember in the book of Revelation chapter 20, there was a lake of fire that was reported where the final resting place of all that are, that are lost. The book of Revelation chapter 6 verse 9 also shows that the dead saints were peeping from under the altar. Which separates their location, paradise, from heaven where the throne of God is. Remember Revelation chapter 6 verse 9. The Bible says, when the angel, when the Lord, when the Lamb of God opened this, uh, uh, lose this, the fifth, after the fifth seal, then this, I uh, just saw the souls of the Christians, of the beheaded, they were peeping from under the altar. Under the altar, the altar is like a table. Under the altar means it was another separation, also, a location below the altar, also. So that is what this one is pointing out that separating them, their location from the real place where the of God was said. Also, since Jesus rose and took away his physical body upwards towards the sky, it shows that the heaven we are talking about is in the universe. However, there is a physical universe where you have all this moon and planets. That's called physical because you can see with our telescope or with our eyes. You can see them. They look like stars, but they are planets and suns and galaxies and so on. That's the physical universe. And also there's a spiritual universe that is invisible to, to us. to be the spiritual universe. The spiritual created the physical. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 pointed that one out. The things, things that were seen were not made by things which do appear. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. Things that are seen, what you can see, were not made by things which do appear. The, the spiritual created the physical. Christ is the first to resurrect and it shows that God planned the human being that we overcome. God planned for human beings that we overcome. We are spirit beings. Now let me read again. I said the spiritual created the physical as you see in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, things seen were not made by things which do appear. 
Christ is the first to resurrect and it shows what God planned for human beings that we overcome. Say so we are spirit beings with physical body, unlike the angels. We are spirit beings with physical body that can traverse between the spiritual and the physical world, like Jesus Christ could do right now. That is how God planned it. We are spirit beings put in this case called physical body, and God planned that we should be able to traverse from this physical world to the spiritual world and back and forth, like our Lord Jesus Christ can do right now. Remember when he resurrected? He took that physical body out, but he could disappear with that physical body into the invisible world, that's the spiritual world, and come back and appear into, before them in the physical world, going through the windows, through the doors, without opening the doors, because he was changing from physical to spiritual, from particle to waves, and that is how I describe because I am an electronic engineer. And that is what I, we believe, and by revelation of the Lord, that that is what God planned for mankind when he created Adam. But Satan disrupted that plan. I said it was the devil who spoiled that for Adam and Eve and the rest of the mankind. But that was what Christ has come to, to, to bring back to us. And that is why the Son of God has come to destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 to 15. Jesus has redeemed us and those that believe can grow up to the stature of Christ. Remember the Bible said Christ has put in his ministry in his body, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the edifying of the saints, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We all come in the unity of the faith unto and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that's our goal is to come to that stature of Christ. And the stature of Christ is now is now immortal. But it can appear in the physical body also, right? because he has the physical body that can it can, it can change from physical to invisible, to, to spiritual, and traverse the spiritual and the physical at the, at the time he likes. But he's in heaven right now, he's in the spiritual world, and he can appear as he likes. He said that he can manifest to anybody when he wants. You don't demand it. He has manifested to me personally in my room with that same body that he took up. With, you can see the mark of uh, the, 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 the nail pierced hands. And the next pierce feet, and the, the he left that mark for eternity until he come and show himself to the Jews again. So they say the same crucified one that the Gentile preachers have been talking about is the Messiah that their fathers rejected. That was why he kept it until he resurrected until he manifested again. But that is why the Lord Jesus Christ is manifesting up to today to those whom he wants to manifest to. I told this part to read the Rapture of Faith series and the Abolition of Death series on my website. And that will teach, uh, teach him some more about what we are talking about. This is something we have, I have preached upon about Christ as abolished death. That yes, there is paradise, there is hell, and the rich man went to hell. But when he was here, he could also see across. Paradise is not the real heaven where the throne of God is. Sunday, the hotel. As the Bible revealed that the book of Revelation chapter 6 verse 9. That was what I was pointing out in this story. And that made the brother to see clearly that yes, the saints will go in the end, we go up. With, that's why I say he bring them back. Why is he bringing them back if we are to be in heaven? No, it's not heaven is not where we're going to believe forever. Our real place God plan for mankind is this planet Earth, the physical world. Let's put that way, not just this physical planet Earth. Because 
if you raise up all the billions and billions of people, this place will be overpopulated. But God planned all these stars and galaxies and planets, physical ones. He planned it for mankind. That we should overpopulate this place and move to other places. By the spiritual thing he has already created, human beings are trying to do it right now by buildings of rockets that will take them to Mars, will take forever to get there. And also, but you see, God already planned that for mankind. That's what he planned. But it's not through rockets. It is through the type that the Lord Jesus Christ is now using. After he resurrected, he took up his body and he can appear and disappear and he's back in the sky. He went up without any physical, mechanical, what you call a uh, materialistic uh, vehicle taking him up. He just ascended up. With the same physical body, he ascended up. Just changing gradually, he was floating and went up into the into the heavens. See, that is the plan of God. See, Adam lost that position when he sinned. And the Bible uses it like a like a terminology. The Bible summarizes it for us and said it was it was shot out of the out of the garden. See? So that God put angels with flaming sword to keep the gate of the garden. So you have to understand that is not talking about a physical garden on the physical earth. It was a symbol temple telling us that he couldn't go back and forth into the spiritual world. Because he said the garden still have the tree of life. See, which tree is the tree of life here It is a spiritual garden. That is he was caught, he was shut off from being able to go from physical back to the spiritual willingly. Because people have seen in the spirit right now that there is a tree of life where they were able to particle say he's going to make you each of the tree of life. It's a spiritual tree, which can also be a symbol of Christ in us. But it's a spiritual tree of life that Adam was shut off that he couldn't go from the physical back to the spiritual. Shut off on this side. And like every man is not shut off on this side because they have lost the glow, the glory. You see. But when Christ comes, he has come to restore mankind to that. He started himself, took up his own body, and he raised up the resurrection. And God promised that he's going to raise up the dead in Christ. And we are going to get that immortal body to be able to traverse from the physical back to the spiritual. And be able to travel in the in the universe at the speed of thought which is faster than the speed of light and that was the plan of god for mankind and i pray that you that listening you do not you do not fall short of that glory praise the lord that's our prayer that we will not fall short of the glory that god called for mankind in the beginning god bless you